Welcome to the GMS Podcast, brought to you by GMS Distribution. GMS specializes in temporary portable power distribution equipment for the restoration contractor. I am your host and owner of GMS, Jared Steer, and today I will be talking to my friends. Hey, there we go. We're recording. We are. Chris. Here we are. Again. We did it. We did it. Yeah. In so Vegas we are. We are in Vegas. We're at the Experience Trade Show is is happening right yes. now, and uh, I was a, able to to grab you for a. a hot we're gonna. Minute. We're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna do one. It's been a wonderful uh, turnout too here. I mean, I've, this is the biggest show I've ever been a part of. Yeah. This is it's. I mean, they they have to get bigger every year because it's like you know I start looking around and it's like I don't remember we have ten aisles this time and yep. they're like stacked four deep and we're all the way to the walls. There's a lot of ninety thousand square feet. A lot of vendors in here. Yeah, and it's a really good turnout and I've had uh, a lot of people walking around too. Sure, a lot well, of people. Is, this is their uh, let's see forty first show, and I joined the I joined the uh, volunteer build team. Four years ago, which was the last year at the Mirage. Yep. And then we came in and, and got to be a part of all those jokers, but really not. <laughs> uh, just been able to come in and this, uh, after COVID, you know, we didn't have last year's show. Right. And I think just everybody's just super eager to get back into the swing of things. And, and you know, you look around, people are smiling when they don't have their mask on, of course. But right. you just feel the energy. The energy's great. So, how's, oh, absolutely. How's, how's your experience been so far this show? Because we were in so South far, Carolina. So I was in South Carolina. The yep. one thing we changed up. So in South Carolina, we did the podcast booth. Yep. We did a very similar uh, format that I'm doing here, where I'm grabbing some of the vendors, taking ten to fifteen minutes with them, yep. talking about what they're which what they great. have here, uh, getting educated on products. Which actually today I did a. Uh, I've been doing software. Which I'm not a software guy. I don't know anything uh-huh. about software. Um, but yeah, grabbing every so I'm, lear- I'm learning a lot. I'm like, wow, this is really cool stuff. I didn't even yeah. know this was even a part of it. So that's been good. Uh, as far as the turnout, I mean, I brought a bunch of koozies and stickers and some keychains. But I brought like, I think I had 150 of them. That's all that's left right there. What is right. it? 20 of them left? Oh, you better be Maybe. careful. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people, a lot of people coming through. I mean, it's yeah. been it's yeah. been good. It's been a real good show so far. I'm. Uh, so I know you started here. You got here early. You started helping Friday. with the flood house yeah. and building those. Yeah, so uh, we come in early, make sure we get everything set up. You know, when we first walk into this convention center, you know, there's nothing here. So to see, right. it, to, to get it, see it set up and everything like that, yeah, we, we put the flood house together, which, you know, is being currently used for demonstration purposes, which for me, I'm a builder first. Yeah. You know, which, you know, we talked about that on the first podcast, but I just decided that I was going to volunteer so I could immerse myself into the restoration industry more so with the great minds and it was probably the best decision I ever made. Well, to go to the flood house and participate there, that's where that's where all the educators are. The value And I'm going to say legends. I yes, mean legend Bar- educators. Right. They're, Barry Costa. That's where they're at. Yep, Barry Costa, you've got uh, uh, Chuck DeWald's been coming around there obviously. You've yeah. got Larry Cooper, who's you know done a wonderful job with the experience Growing and his educating team, and, his yeah. entire team. Bruce Deloach comes in. You know we've had we've had some really good times with him too, but yeah. So you get to see him more uh, w- without the suit and tie. You know you get to just meet the person. Yeah. And not to say that they're not that same person when when but their attention uh, is much more spread thin. It's different than when you're behind the scenes and yes. there isn't an agenda. That's correct. Yeah. So to just get to meet the person. Uh, these guys really care uh, down to the core about what they're doing. It's not just about it's not about the money for them. It's more about where the restoration industry is going. Well, I think and especially now because they were saying legends. I mean, these th- these guys are all almost are getting ready to retire. Yeah, and they they have they've built. I mean, they've this industry's been built on their backs. Yep, and. They want to make sure it's taken care of when yeah, they leave. They've said several times, we're looking to hand the baton. Right. You know, so for them to, you know, take take me in and, and consider, I guess, one of their own, it's, it's ex- very humble and an extreme pleasure for sure. But um, It's got to be extremely educating, too, for you to oh, come in and, and. Well, and and the simple fact is, is they, you know, they give me their number and say, you call any time. Yeah. If you ever have an issue or a question about what you're trying to do, call anytime so that you know that's what i'm about to i'm all that's about helping valuable helping yeah. people 
and uh, and doing the right thing, you know. So the the authenticity here is, you know, and the genuineness and the transparency when it comes to what they're trying to do with the industry and the, and the positive direction that it's going. Yeah, that's what's so attractive about it for me. So going from you know a builder contracting side building homes and such down to the restorative side, and I still have so much to learn. Well, so how, long, I was, how long have you been doing? I mean, I know we did a podcast earlier. I know this yeah. is new for you, but what, what, what's the time we're looking at? Five years restoration, and I've, had, I've taken my lumps. I've, you know, tried to expand and grow and then to get back in the infancy stage, you know, okay. back to just me and one other guy. And the construction has always been solid. I mean, that's our, that's our bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, what my wife and I, when we went to South uh, Carolina, our goal was to find and network just to find a business coach. Okay. So we actually hired Howard Partridge with Phenomenal Products. Okay. And Santiago is our coach. And, you know, we thought we were doing some good things, which we were. Yeah. But we have really taken a step back and really trying to grow our business the right way. Okay. And so that's where we're at right now. We're just, you know, we're, we're getting our website developed. We are uh, basically putting together... Uh, the systems that we're learning. So, well, I was saying Howard, Howard's got the, like the blueprint. Yeah, right. No, he and he's wonderful. Yeah, you know, I had lunch with him in South Carolina, and and I kind of told him what we uh, what we were looking at trying to do, and he says, you know, I'd love to help. And so we had a little uh, one hour meeting, and my wife and I just fair, felt in our spirits that it was the right direction for us to go. So we signed up. Yeah, and we're still in that process. So you know, I've been in business for sixteen years. Yep contracting doing my own thing and i'm still learning and i'm still i'm still figuring out that every year i'm in business the less i know (laughs) (laughs) the more you need to know oh there you go so that's that's something uh that we're it's in the works and you know business is really good at home but i just want to be able to expand and train uh individuals you know to go out and serve people that's yeah. really my, my goal is, you know, because, you know, water loss or, you know, even after a fire, people are devastated. Yeah. You know, that's the worst thing that's happened to them. For us as contractors, we get to see it every day, but we need to understand. You can't be callous to it, ex- though. That's, that's precisely right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just really enjoying the ride of life right now and uh, where we're going and super blessed to, to be a part of, again, this flood house and, and Larry's team. And, of course, you know, you get to see the product. We're staring at it here. Yeah, uh, this is this is a great thing. So, and for you to be here doing your podcast thing, making sure that we all get connected in a, a, a unique way. You know, I use Spotify. You're on Spotify, so I get to plug it in my my radio headed somewhere, <laughs> and you know, get to hear about what other people are doing. So that, that I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Well, so, yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, I'm sure I, you hear I, that a lot, but I really do. No, and I do appreciate it. Um, and that's one of the things. I mean, because that's. I enjoy doing this, but it doesn't make money. You know right. what I mean? Like, I don't get paid yeah. I don't get paid to do this. Right. You just got some bunny ears from Mr. Laney uh, there. Mr. Laney. <laughs> They're doing, man, they, they just launched a uh, uh, collaborated effort within Circle. Yeah. The, wall, uh, the E3 app with the Wallet Academy. Um, and I'm not, I forget, oh, Phoenix. Yeah, they got the dry link. And I know there's a couple other that I'm probably missing, but that's huge. And that's kind of, I mean, I didn't realize how big it was until I got here. Um, but that's kind of what I've been trying to follow up on with my with my interviews with vendors is yeah. kind of going down. And that was that software that I was talking about earlier, like right. going down that road and uh, and trying to do that. Well, I, I wanted to talk with you so about your business. Cause last time last time we talked, I mean, yeah, you were you were getting started, you were getting educated. Well, you just came back from Chuck's class, I think. Uh, yeah, I just got back, uh, and we've been able to implement that in our business, and it's it's changed the way we do is drying. Oh, that's awesome. It, Have yeah. you? I mean, aside from then, and then, well, I guess you, you're constantly seeking out some experts and getting, oh yeah, I'm going to say like getting help, but you know, wanting that that knowledge and that education, right? And they're to willing to help, right? Yeah. So you, you know, got Howard. Who, is there anybody else that you've been reached that you've reached out to? You know, we was we I talked to Bruce uh, Deloche with Cleaners Coach a little yep. bit. Yep. Um, you know, we 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 both mutually agreed that he wasn't quite the right fit because I'm not necessarily a cleaning business in terms of uh, we don't do. You know, we don't come in and clean carpets and we right. don't do upholstery. Right. We're strictly water mitt. And I realized that I need more help, not in that sense, but as as a business. Uh, see, right now, I'm a person in business, and I need to be a better business person. And that's what Howard and we both felt yep. that he could get us 
he could get us there. Yeah, I get that. So far, it's been well eye-opening. Number one, but yeah. number two, you know, he just starts to because you know, in my mind, I never went to business school. You know, I I, I got I went to school to be a teacher. Well, you know, it's that whole, when you're a teacher, you understand this, too. It's like that whole thing. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And so, I mean, you that's get as in, simple as that. You jump in two feet. The money's attractive. The time, you know, that you get to choose to go hunting or, you know, go on vacation or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, that's great. And then you get into it, and you're like, um, well, I guess I'm in it now. <laughs> 16 years later, and you're still <laughs> figuring ways to be better at what we do. Yeah. You know? I think I started using business coaches early in my mm-hmm. business, uh, luckily. Uh, and, See, I don't and, know why I didn't do it earlier. And seeing that's now I have a sister that she just started. She started a business, a little coffee shop, uh, back in Indiana, and I was one of the first things I thought. I was like, "Go get a business coach." Yep. She's like, "Well, you know, money's tired." I was like, "No, you will lose so much more money than you ever paid a business coach. That's like, a- they are going to save you. Go get a business coach." And she did. She listened. She did, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, like, newfound money is what I consider it." You know, just, you, you don't know what you don't know, and they and they they do. They've been through it. They have the blueprint. They have the plan, and, and it's it's so valuable for a small business to get that information right to where you're not going. I wonder if I should do this or I should do this. The business coach goes, "No, do that." Yes, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't have to think about it, and right. now you can just focus and and well, do it. They're just as as uh, we get hired as contractors to come in and perform a job. You know, a homeowner could spend five days doing it, or they could hire a professional to come in, yeah. and they can go out Same and, do, thing. and they can go out and, and do their job and make their money. So yeah, it's it's a hard. It was a hard concept for me to grasp because I've always been so darn independent, sure, and super reserved and, and not not in that sense, but reserved financially. I didn't want to spend the money, right? You know, super uh, conservative in that regard. But once you realize, once that's an investment into your to into your future, a great business. investment. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Well, so the other thing I saw, I saw you traveled this year. I saw you went down to the event in Texas. Yeah. Is that the first time you traveled to an event? That was my first time um, being on a large, we can, I would consider like a large event, a catastrophic event. Yeah. And uh, what a, what a humbling experience that was. Well, I almost wish I would have got you on the podcast sooner, but. I mean, dude, I want to. I I want to hear from your perspective. Like, I want to hear that whole thing. I want to like, how did you find out about it? When did you so, book travel? How did you like? You got logistics behind it, and then no. Uh, so I kind of fly by the seat of my pants most of the time. I know that's why I'm so excited about this story. Yeah. And so I <laughs> uh, I met well, I met you, and I also met Clark Brown in uh, in Ch- at Chuck's class. Yeah. And so Clark and I had, d- had a discussion, and we became friends on Facebook and so forth. And well, he had put out. You know, a um, just a little thing saying, "Hey, Texas needs help." Yeah. You know, if you're a contractor, you know, reach out to me. Let's, uh, you know, let's make this thing work. So I reached out to Clark, and he was super open and receptive to me coming down. I prayed about it. I booked my tickets on a, I believe, on a Wednesday. I flew out on a Friday, and went down there. He had a couple clients that had reached out to him. I ended up in Lubbock, Texas which was, uh, I don't know, roughly five hours away from Dallas. Okay. And uh, went down there, uh, Falcon Flood Services and Griffin Contracting. And I tell you what, those people were wonderful people. They brought me in. They let me stay at their house. And when they had... Um, really? Yeah. Just, you know, you get to think, you know, every, there's certain states or certain people act a certain way. I mean, it was like I was in my hometown. It was, okay. It was wonderful. So Clark, he had a, he had some clients that he was uh, working with back in Dallas, and sent shipped me out to Lubbock. He's like, hey, "Would you mind going to Lubbock?" Cool, I got. Larry's getting loud here. Okay, well, what did you just say? So uh, Clark was back in Dallas helping some clients. Okay, and then he says, "Well, would you mind driving to Lubbock?" I says, "I'm just here to help." Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not going to proclaim myself to be this, you know. Uh, super contractor come in, and I just was trying to go down there to be. Well, it's got to be able to learn too. I mean, oh, that's yeah. got to be a great learning experience. Well, so that was that was really what come what came out of that whole experience was, you know, you get to you get to understand, you know, how insurance companies start approaching these, how difficult it is to, you know, gain somebody's trust. You know, for example, they're just like, well, you're just another contractor coming in trying to, you know, take money, take money, and then and then leave. So. I was very fortunate uh, to be in Lubbock, 
they had. So you were working with some guys that are from Texas. So I was basically down there consulting. Okay. Okay, so that was my goal. I didn't have any equipment. I didn't have any nail bags. I literally had my binder and my contact list with, you know, everybody who I've met here. Okay. And I I talked to Barry Costa. I called Barry Costa about it. I talked to Chuck DeWald about it. And actually, Chuck was down in Abilene. Yeah, working with Chris Jeter with Service Master uh, on on a huge uh, it was a hospital. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, went down there. You know they they were a, a new business. They had equipment, but needed a little more insight on how to use it. Need some guidance. How to document it. Okay. So just coming off of Barry's class in October, then going to Chuck's class, I was pr- I felt pretty confident that I could at least share what I just had learned, right? but maybe not obviously to the capacity of what they were able to do. And, you know, Barry says, you just call me if you have any questions. So being able to go in there, help them identify what, you know, what we needed. What to kind do. of job are you on? Where so you we, had a 200 unit, um, we had a 200-unit, we had a 200-unit apartment complex, single level. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so the, two, different, two different areas, but essentially what had happened is, I didn't realize this, but Texas, you do not have to have a contractor's license to build a home. You have to have a contractor's license to, to roof. And I know there's certain cities in Texas, but have their, in okay. Lubbock, you did not have to have a contractor's license to build a home. Nor Interesting. It, well, I'm like, nor yeah. is, is it required to have an inspection. Mind blown. Okay. Mind blown. So what what we were what we had a situation there. I mean, we had, you know, no insulation in exterior walls where the water heater was, and it was kind of built outside. Well, all the pipes in those water heater rooms just. I mean, it was zero degrees for twenty four hours. Yep. Down in Texas, that's, and they had never that's experienced any long to bust a so pipe. So it just once it thawed out, water was everywhere. They went in and did the extraction, and the water loss. Um, it, it, the magnitude was. So it's pretty like all of these units was basically water heaters. Yeah, the majority ma- of them. Majority of them were the water heater line supply line that came okay. in. Just yep, done. Okay, water everywhere, and so uh, I was down there for about two weeks, you know, trying to help them set up a plan, get a uh, a contract with the owner of these buildings, and just trying to help them go through that process. And also working with Clark. Uh, he was. We were making sure that they had all their I's dotted and all their T's crossed. Okay. So they didn't end up in a in a bad financial situation after all their efforts. Right. So, you know, got to the end of the two weeks, and I didn't want to. Leave. I wanted to go back home, but they're just like, "Hey, man, anytime you want to come down and hunt pigs out of a helicopter, you call us." I says, "I will be <laughs> That's back." Too easy. Yeah. <laughs> I will be back. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, learning through that and realizing that uh, if you just put yourself second and put others first, it's amazing what can happen. Absolutely. You know, it was such a blessing to go down there, and they were so receptive, and they, they were all ears about what I had to say. Uh, and more, some of it was regurgitation of what I had heard in, you know, in my classes. But, but I was also able to implement that in the field, which also reinforced the training that I had had. And so it was in that regard helped me a lot yeah but just to to go and say okay we've taken you from here and now you're here after two weeks that feels pretty good now i know why barry does what he does and chuck does what he does because it's a good feeling to be able to do that for somebody else now let me ask you this coming off of the that education and being able to implement it Mm -hmm. did it i'm probably not going to say this right but you'll understand did it implement the way that you thought it would uh to to a degree of which well, it was mind blowing because once, so once we did Barry's class, and then we did Chuck's class, and we did we were able to actually because only spent well, let's three do, days. Let's start there. What what was Barry's class? So Barry's, I did the WRT. Finally, I'd always had my guys go to the the WRT, which is Water Restoration Technician. Okay. And but the way that he teaches, okay. he, he doesn't. You know, you may need to be here in terms of where the the to pass the test. He teaches you up here, meaning he's giving you far more information. So. Taking his class and then rolling that over into Chuck's class, it was super helpful because I understood more about uh, the drying and the psychrometry and what was really necessary because Chuck's class doesn't teach you on the S500 necessarily. He just teaches you how to be a drying boss. Okay. Like you go yeah. in there, man, yeah. and you knock this thing out. So having that. This is like it, all the science behind it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, you know, we was in his class yesterday, and 
you know, he's he just wants to teach you how to dry as quickly and as safely as possible. Yeah. Which most guys, you know, I had a guy in class the other day, which is a little disheartening. He's like, well, I don't want to know how to dry faster. I just want to be able to make, make more, more money. money. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're in the wrong room, fella. <laughs> but, yeah, the re- Well, I've had guys tell me that on the power box. And like, I'm like, hey, you know, you plug this in, you can plug more equipment in, you dry faster. Like, I don't want to dry faster. Yeah, and like, so, <laughs> and I guess it okay. all comes with the territory, right? And it, that's not very many. That's right. I haven't met that many people, but it it anyway. So yeah. to come back full circle on the question about did it reinforce my training? Yes, it did, and okay. and it's and it really solidified a lot of the a lot of what I was taught, and uh, and, and you know to put it in use in the field, that's where I learned the best. Yeah, I'm a hands-on guy. I always have been, you know. So to see it working, it's like wow. They really weren't, you know, blowing smoke up your rear. <laughs> they, they were telling you the truth. So, and that, again, uh, creates such a, a stronger bond with these individuals that are delivering this kind of information to us as restorers. Um, they're, they're really exceptional human beings is really what it comes down to. So. so now how long did you stay in Texas? Two weeks? Two weeks. I had a chance. I went down to see what Chuck was doing. He walked me through his whole setup. Um, oh, that would have been awesome. Oh, dude, it was it was like, holy cow. One day, Jarrett, one day I will be doing a large loss. Yeah. One day. Maybe well, I, not tomorrow. I don't I I don't disagree. <laughs> I believe but you. But many, but yeah, that was a that was a I was really uh, humbled that he he had asked me to come down and But to, and to go into so what is it like going into a job like okay uh, I almost want to like preference this question. I mean, Chuck's like Chuck's a badass. Uh, he is Chuck, a badass. So, I mean, I'm almost thinking like you know, you come off of some other jobs and you're doing some things, but then you like walk into his and you're like overwhelmed. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. It's, how how, it's, how I, was it? You well, said it was I mean, a, I he just, was in a hospital. Was it the hospital? Hospital, but okay. really, you know, he's just like, hey, you know, yeah, you might be overwhelmed with the amount of equipment, how big it is, but he said. The psychrometry doesn't it's change. It's all the same, yeah. Drying doesn't change. So as long as you have the manpower to get set up quickly enough, which they did. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jeter down in Abilene, his team come in there and they knocked the thing out. And there were some challenges that we talked about. And I was very inquisitive about how they were do- doing certain things. But it was, uh, it's really, it's the same process. Right. Just bigger. Just bigger. You know. Uh, in that regard, in the drying sense of it. So it was a fresh, it was category one, it was fresh water source. So there was no, um, there was no need for, you know, exceptional cleanup or category three and that sort of thing. So, yeah, Texas was great. Flew up to Colorado, did a job with a, with a, a guy that used to work for me up there. It was, it was that same kind of cone with Hurricane Uri, or Hurricane Uri, Winter Storm Uri. Yeah. And uh, went up there, did some, did some work with him and, so yeah, it was a really good, really good for me because again, being able to, you know, because I was nervous, well, I wasn't sure what I, mean, I was getting myself into. Well, exactly. I mean, and to go and to go hands on, boots on the ground like mm-hmm. that, and see it see it firsthand. Right. Like, oh, oh, this is what it is. So if you can, I guess the moral of the story is if you got an opportunity to help, um, you should go help. Yeah. You know, because it, it, people were in dire need down there. They're still putting things back together so right and that's just that's just being kind to others and and taking what you know and your abilities going somewhere else and trying to do what you can and sure you can make money but that would be my motivation is simply just to help yeah yeah so it was a great experience no that's awesome yeah that is awesome so what have you been up to since texas texas oh a lot of construction Okay. Yeah, we got we got some we had some high clientele uh, rebuilds that we did, and, and we're doing that right now, and in the process of working with Howard and his team and getting our we're getting ready to hire some people. Now, how how big is your service area? Because you're so my so right now the county I live in is about like seventy eight thousand people. Okay, that's that's from uh, that's more than I thought. Yeah, well the the county next to us is about twenty eight thousand, so we don't have a whole, you know it's not like Kirkland. Or Seattle, or Olympia, or right. Coma. Right. But yeah, my service area ranges in mileage. You know, you're probably talking a hundred mile, hundred miles uh, radius, okay. of which I serve. Okay. And um, so you're doing a little bit of travel. I do. Yeah. And not, but I'm used to it. Yeah. You know, I got I got to travel a half hour just to get to Walmart, which I know <laughs> I you probably right. do too up in the city. But mine is an actual thirty <laughs> yours is miles. Different. Yeah, yeah. Yours is different. Yeah. Uh, but uh, things are going really good, man. I, I couldn't be happier with, with – uh, and, of course, my wife's a part of the business, uh, has been for a couple of years, and 
that's been such a blessing because I was trying to do it all. Yeah. You know, so she's taking. So, yeah, what is, what is her responsibility? What she so take she, over? She take, she's basically taking the financial part of our business, you know, the QuickBooks and, and you know, the estimating uh, what I'll put together uh, for numbers, and then she'll put it in a, a more organized, she makes presentable. It pretty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she makes it pretty, and, and you know, because, gosh, we've been together 20, 22 years now. Okay. And so uh, that we were a little apprehensive about teaming up in business, but she'd worked uh, as an orthodontic assistant for 16 years and, you know, an hour away. So she was traveling a little over two hours a day. And with That's the tough. kids, it was hard. That's tough. But Well, this is time you can't get back, and it's so much time. Right. And so having so, her home now uh, is it's wonderful. The kids love it. I love it. And it's, uh, it's, it's really working out really good. And in God's timing, too. I mean, this is all, this is all one of them things that, uh, for me, I just try to do the right thing at the right time. And, yeah. You know, and here we are. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. So hunting. Do we have any hunting. time for hunting? We got we got all the time you want, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do want to. I saw you last night. So we're in Vegas. I saw you at the casino. Yep. Uh, and you you had a, a hot streak real quick on yep. a on a slot machine. What was it like was it like four hundred bucks or something? I think it was something like that. But I'm pretty sure I put it back in. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask. <laughs> yeah. Did no. that streak continue? What happened? Oh, we went. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, the wife and I, we like to entertain ourselves once in a while, and, and yeah. you know, I won't get into the boredom of what I feel like the slot algorithms are, but they work sometimes and they don't work at other times. But we enjoy our company, you know, continually and, and you know, being a time away from the kids and the business and we just try to make the most uh, make the most of it while we're down here, of course. Now, are you, slots are slots the game for you guys? For me, traditionally, no. I'm, okay. a, I'm a blackjack craps guy. Uh, she's she's a slot girl, though. I mean, okay. She's always, she's always went and, and uh, liked to tap that button. Yeah. But um, now craps is so blackjack. Blackjack, I understand. Um, I don't spend a lot of time at the table. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna gamble, I'm gonna try to find a poker room yeah. and sit down. That's that's probably more like what I'm gonna do. Or even roulette, electronic roulette. I enjoy that. Sure. And and somehow I, I try to mathematically figure out what the machine's gonna yeah. do, and I'm right fifty percent of the time. So I guess I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, craps though. I've heard I've heard so many people like the people that love it love it. I have no. I don't know how to play it. I don't. So craps is one of them. I don't think you can teach me right now. But no. One. It, well, I'll just give it to you like this. So craps, uh, statistically, uh, th- those are your best odds. That's for, what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Th- and so if you're able to understand what you're betting and how you're betting. How you uh, doing, Larry? Mr. Larry, here he is. Yeah. Oh, that's the second time I've got bunny ears. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks for a great show. That was Larry Cooper, everybody. Larry Cooper just yeah, stopped by. Yeah, the Larry Cooper. What a great guy and a, and a wonderful family. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The Cooper well, the whole family. The whole family helps put this are, on. The, yeah, it is a, whole, it is a, um, a family-oriented business and, uh, and all – you know, there's been obviously different family members that have come in, but we've had the extreme privilege to be able to spend some time with their family. And um, like I said before, just wonderful family, what they're yeah. doing. But I tell you what, when Larry wants something done and he gets that look on his face, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, look out. Time to get it <laughs> yeah. done. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. So uh, back, craps, yeah. yeah, high highest odds. To my understanding, and I'll probably just need to sit down sometime and just like watch the YouTube video. Well, and if you get together with somebody that knows how to play and, and helps you understand the odds bet and, and what you're betting, you know, for yeah, you know, when when the point comes on and, and all that sort of thing. But it's just better if you have somebody teach you as you go. The only trouble is there is you're spending money, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> you go to class, but that's how I learn. Okay, you know, and then I did start to watch some YouTube videos, and there's certain techniques. You know, like the they call it the Iron Cross method and so forth. But yeah, there's plenty of, of information out there to help you be the most successful gambler. Yeah. <laughs> if, Obviously, if you to me, it's just like it's it's a game. I want to know. I want to know how it works. I mean, yeah. I like it when it's done, but I de- I just want to know how it how to play it. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so hunting. Yeah. Dude, so, October first is coming. That's that's my season. Starts October first. Wyoming, right? Well, I mean, there's and there's other seasons that have started, and I have tags for. But that's that Wyoming hunt is my annual. That's the one I look look the, look forward to the I'm, most. And that was the hunt last year where you had five tags and yeah, yeah. That's brutal. Which I, I have four this year. 
Oh. Yeah. Are you ready for it? I, I better be. Oh, because I can tell you what, I might have lost 24 pounds since, since South Carolina. Yeah. But, but I'm, not, I'm not as in good a shape as I should be. Why, well, I don't know that I'm ever as in good a shape as I should be. But um, now luckily, luckily where I'm at in Wyoming, it's, it's fairly flat. I mean, it's, it's hilly, mm-hmm. but uh, there isn't any, like, 2,000-foot climb mm. or anything. You know, so that, that's a little easier for me. Um, well, it's like coming to Vegas. If you're here too long... It's time to go home. You know, it could be pretty exhausting, such as hunting. I mean, yeah. when you're going hard day in, day out, why and, had and I, taxing your body. Why did I say, yeah, I had, a, I had one last year. I was like, yeah, I, mean, I had five tags last year, and, in, and I think I filled three of them in five days. Right. And then I had crosshairs on that next morning on that sixth day, and I was just like, nope. I I gotta take a day off. I don't want to. Like I don't. I don't want to cal- do it. That's a calculated I thought process. Don't want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's something like we, you know. So we got drawn for Colorado. We've been putting in for five years for this particular unit, and there's nine of us in our group. Thank your mic up. I'll bring your mic up. There's nine of us in our group, and uh, I, so I told my dad, and he's usually the organizer of, of our hunts out of state. Always has been. So you got nine. You got nine people going to so, Colorado. Yeah. Okay. So we've got nine of us that have been putting in for 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 five years for this particular buck unit. Okay. And of course, you know, you watch the moon phase and see all this, and because you know, uh, and and the seasons change there. They shift. So you got like first season, second season, third season. Okay. And so depending on you know, because obviously the closer you can get to the rut, right. better of a chance you're going to see. They're the moving big, around. Yeah. Yeah. So. I decided to to not draw a deer tag this year, put in for an elk tag in that same particular unit. So okay. that way next year, uh, Dad, he's going to do the, just the opposite. He's going to get an elk tag next year. If you've got five or more points, this particular unit is, is a, pretty much a guarantee. Okay. So, and I don't know if you've, you've struggled with or you've started to observe that, that so Montana's changing all their tags majority of their tags now are starting to go to the outfitters which means it's less for us right as non-resident and as non-resident so instead of being able to go every year now you're able to go every two years if you buy preference points or maybe even every it's getting harder and harder well and he's 59 and he wants to you know he loves to hunt he loves to fish and he's realizing that you know his days are 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 getting shorter in terms of his uh you know, time to hunt. So we're just trying to. Well, that's such a physical task. I mean. Oh yeah. So but yeah. he'll kick my he'll kick my ass up and down the hill any day. <laughs> you know, he just has one of them. He just has the drive. The, yeah. The, the drive for it. But so yeah, we're really looking forward to that. That's going to be mid November. Okay. So hopefully we can get to Colorado. You yeah. know, with weather and, right. and so forth. Right. But uh, if we get there, the the success. You know. Um, as long you know, because they haven't had winter kill, uh, I understand that they're they're not having any troubles with their game so right nice now. Herd. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So other than that, you know, just some local hunting in Washington, which you and I kind of talked about. Did we talk about uh, going up in the wilderness? We, or I think it was after the podcast. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's oh, from the first, from the first. Yeah, we talked about trying to trying to do something together at yeah. some point. And it may or may not work out this year, and I know that your your time's limited. In, in well, this this year's got, I mean, with with COVID, I don't know all the excuses. I don't know if they're they're legit or not, but you know, COVID, and then COVID shuts down a factory, and then there's shipping lines that that are getting clogged, and the mm. labor shortage, and it just when it comes down to like my business and when I try to find parts, like it's. If, if it's not plastic, then it's bags. If it's right. not bags, then it's breakers. So you're running into like, all that, too. I'm running into it. And, and, and now, you know, now where we try to stock up right before hurricane season and get ready for that, I wasn't able to because everything was pushed out like three months Jeez. longer than it, than it usually is. And so we're, we're so back. We're back ordered right now. Um, you know, this, this, we're talking today, right in the beginning of September. But, you know, we're, we're back ordered from the last two months of orders. And, and so I got... As far as trying to get out any more in October, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's going to be rough just because there's so much there's so much work. As soon as, as soon as those parts show up, right, it's like Go balls time. to the walls for three weeks trying to catch up. Right. Well, that's a. I mean, it's got to be a good feeling, but at the same time, a little. 
it's it's good to know. I mean, it's good to know you have those orders, obviously. Sure. But now we're, now I'm running into a spot, and I know a lot of other companies are too, where you know where these supply lines dry up, and now you're and now you go into that back order, you know, part of your business. The next thing now is cash flow for next month because right. you know I've got these orders, but I haven't been able to ship them. And if I can't ship them, I haven't billed for them. Right. But I'm already I've already paid all for all the material. Oh, the joys of running your own business. So, <laughs> it's huh? so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah. So, I mean, well, we're going to be fine. We're going to we're going to get through it. It's not going to sure. be, a, but it's just you know, it's just like that, kind of like that one thing after another. Mm-hmm. And this year is, has been tough, man. Just well, tough. We, you know, as Americans, we've shown some resiliency, you know, um, but it's it's times are uncertain. We're in a very volatile state with everything that's going on, and uh, it's nice to be able to come down here and kind of forget about some of that sure but the reality of it is like you're just talking about you know as we're sitting here and in the booth and you've got your you've got your uh power distribution boxes out here for display it's the reality which, which it, they're going to be shipping as soon as yeah. i get back <laughs> yeah. I, I set them to aside well, just to get the, them to the show i've got the blue one and so i'm thinking about maybe i need a red one but i'll probably have to wait till next year <laughs> sounds like <laughs> I'll take care of it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no. uh, but, yeah, it, you know, in the sense of, of supply, like, for example, my kids at school, they're having trouble getting food. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, you know, they, they just put out a newsletter this morning, and I was reading saying that the kids are getting the necessary food that's required, you know, for them to obviously with, their, with the public school system. But they are they're in, a, in weird areas in a shortage. Yeah, you know, it, first it's toilet paper, you know, then it's, then it's when it hits. So, so my mom, my mom has a little ice cream shop. I said my sister just started a coffee, her mm-hmm. coffee shop. I mean, and they're telling me, you know, it's like one week, spoons are gone. There's no spoons, and then the next week, lids. There's no lids. It's just like one thing after another for them too. Like they're trying to, you know, fill their supply chain. It's just like. Right. Nope, now this is this is gone. Right. You know, and and I've seen it at uh, I don't know I don't know if you've seen it being in the construction, but you can know, go to Home Depot, they don't have plastic bags. So yeah, they went away from plastic bags. But there's but like no bags. Without well, then we got paper bags up in Washington, up or, or on Chehalis we do. Go to the. I'm going to carry I'm all in, those I'm little things Bellingham. out. Oh well, I end up buying the stupid bucket. I buy the bucket, put everything in there. And the next thing is going to be a shortage on Homer buckets. Yeah, no more buckets. But, Uh, uh, but yeah, and, you know, it's like there's just a little sign that's like, no bag, sorry. (laughs) Okay. So Home Depot doesn't have, in Bellingham anyway, Home Depot doesn't have bags. On the HVAC side of things, I know that there's a lot of companies in our area that are laying people off because they can't get parts. They just cannot. They can't bring in their the the material that's if needed. If you don't have parts, and you can't. You don't need anybody to install it. Right. That sucks. So that's got to be hard. You have the work. You have the employees. And people want want it you done. Got, yeah, you got guys that want to want to work. You have the job schedule. Right. You can't. That's frustrating. And plywood and OSB. Oh God, was, plywood. Now it's down to uh, I think twelve dollars a sheet for OSB. It's come. I know it's come down. You know? Well, when I moved my shop, uh, I had a. The guy that was that was moving in behind me, you know, I'm I'm moving out. Next guy's coming in. When I when he went around, he was like, he's like, hey, well, what do you want? Because I had a, I had made a bunch of I, I basically made all my shelving equipment, my work tables, my mm-hmm. work benches, all out of two by sixes, two by fours, and plywood, half inch plywood. Now this is years ago, and it was and it was cheap for me to go grab all this stuff and just right. screw it together, and it worked. It worked fine. I like it. You didn't have to take a second mortgage out. Didn't have to take a second mortgage. Yeah. Well, so this guy came in. He was like. He's like, well, hey, if you want to just, you know, let me know what you want for this stuff. I could use, I could use it. I was like, cool. Yeah, let me, let me just run some numbers and see what it takes to replace it. Yeah. Dude, it was like, it's just some eight foot long, two foot wide workbench. It was like $325 right. to replace. And so I, I just threw him a number. I was like, you're not going to like this, but this is literally what it costs for me to replace this. Right. And he's like, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> Well, this, so there you have it. You have this just this uncertainty of, of commodities, and when it, and we say you know that three hundred dollars, it probably cost me fifty five bucks when I built it, right? You know, but to replace it a month ago, now it's ten times three hundred bucks, eight to, eight to ten times what it, what it should be. We'll hopefully see the light at the end of the tunnel, but 
Well, now, how have you seen that on the construction side? Because, I mean, how can you even bid a job? Well, it's very difficult. My subcontractors that I've used for years have simply just said, listen, I can give you a number now, but next week it, it, it's going to be different. It could be different, yeah. So, you know, when, when you've seen all these, when you start noticing all these commodities going up and, and lumber prices going up, our prices didn't change. Our labor didn't change. Yeah. You know, and so you're still providing them number and they're looking at you and it's like, why is this, you know, like, for example, I, uh, I bid a house in February for a customer that was coming out of California. Okay. And which would normally take, it would be about a $425,000 home. Okay. My estimate was $810,000. Wow. Now, mind you that, that, that is of that current market, those commodities at that time. Yeah. And they said, okay, well, well, let's do it. You know, we're moving out of California. We're, we're, we want to go. And so I just revised it, and it come down $120,000. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's over 10% fluctuation, and, and, I'm, and I'm seeing it, too, in my stuff. So uh, that, but it, it's just so difficult to estimate a project, and, you know, they're not going to give you a, a thrust account and just say, hey, just bid just right. bill me out when, right. whenever you're done, you know, and it's, and rightfully so customers going to want to know what they're in it for, but it is, it's, it's made our job more, a little more difficult, but you know, we're hanging tough and just trying to provide the value to yeah. our customers that, uh, that they, they've grown to expect from, from, from our company. Yeah. But you know, it's we, we don't, we tough. don't get an offer. We don't have control over the, over the commodity prices. For example, no. uh, meter or uh, meter bases for for a home. So they were in a six. I went in, was going to get one for a, a investment property that we did. It was a mobile pack, exterior mobile pack, which I'm sure that you're what you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. So I went in, I went into Platt. I said, "Hey, this is what I need." They're like, "Yeah, we haven't had those in six months." <laughs> and I go, "Excuse me," and I said, "Well, when are you going to get them in?" Six months. I don't know. Yeah. And so she said, well, we can do this, this, and this, and do three-part unit to make one. And it was going to be, you know, instead of 250 bucks, it was going to cost me $1,000. And I'm like, so I called up, I called up uh, one of my uh, subcontractors I worked for, with for years. I said, hey, Rich, do you by chance have a mobile pack? He says, yeah, I think when I got one on the shelf. I says, I'd give you 350 for it right now. He says, well, that's way too much. I'll sell it to you for 250 <laughs> But, you know, that being said, there's just certain areas in construction. You go to pick something up and you're not aware of it. And you're like, yeah. what? You haven't had it for six months? Well, I remember talking to my, my dad, my brother, and he was saying, like, they went to the supply house. There's no, there's no white switch plates. Right. Those are just gone. Right. There's not. There's not when it's, are you getting them? We don't know. They, and, and so they don't know. I yeah. mean, and then all of a sudden when they do get them, as then a, somebody overbuys, yeah. takes all of them. Yeah, because they're going to put them in storage because for the next time they need them. They, yeah. <laughs> and then we're out again. So, yeah. yeah, we just keep going with the flow, try to do our best. and Hopefully, yeah, hopefully it gets straightened out. But I'm going to, I'm going to bet if we're on, if we're on a recovery road, it's still probably six months before there's a substantial yeah. back to normal difference. I would, I would hope to say by next, uh, you know, by next year at this time, Things will be, I hope so. A lot better with with everything. Yeah, yeah. that uh, we don't really talk about COVID too much in our house. It's kind of like a curse word. <laughs> I start a little jar every time you say COVID. You got to put a got to put a dollar in it. But uh, I think we're just all we're all doing our best. Yeah, trying to be kind to one another and and, and so forth and and um, you know and also trying to maintain our living you know, the best we possibly can and try to stay ahead and know as much as we can with what's coming down the pipeline. Right. And also coming here to Las Vegas. And and then come here and, you know, play around and enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. And and still try to enjoy life. And that's, that's important. You got to have a balance. So you got to work hard, play hard, work hard, play harder, (laughs) not harder. Play hard. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I always tell my kids is you work hard, but I need you to, you know, play harder. So wrapping up, let's let's wrap this up yes, like the next five minutes. Um, but you got that trip to Colorado yep. coming up. You got nine guys going out there. How do you? Uh, I want to I want to hear about camp setup. How does so Airbnb? Oh, okay. Dad's got to the point now where he's just rather doing Airbnb. So you're driving in every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But 
before camp set up, we would we would pack in. Everybody would take their fair share. Set up. Uh, well, this last time that we went up in up in uh, Montana, it was cold. It was like zero degrees. That's you know, cold. Minus yeah. ten in in a tent that, and it was the wind was blowing, so there was Being no colder. heat. Yeah, yeah, there was no heat that would stay in the tent. But uh, we usually will will we would go in, we'd set up, um, set up camp. Usually take us a day because, like I said, there's usually. So what do you do? Are you a wall tent? So everybody has yeah. their own tent. Wall, wall tent. tent. Wall tent. You got unless uh, we're packing up Tianaway, which we would do three man tents. Okay. We wouldn't pick. We wouldn't take the big wall tent up there. You know, you got wood burning stoves to keep warm. Yep. Okay. Yep. We got the we got the little Cabela's uh, wood burner, which works great. Yeah. As long as it's not minus ten. <laughs> and the wind's not blowing forty minus, miles an hour. Yeah, that's tough. That man. was miserable. That's tough. Yeah. You imagine waking up in the morning having to go pee. Minus ten degrees. To, no, I don't <laughs> want know? to do it. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Did you but, see the? I, Speaking speaking of going pee, I just listened to a podcast. Uh, I think it was Sitka Gear. Huh? Came out with a, a sleeping bag that no has like way. zipper arms and zipper legs, so you don't have to get out of your sleeping bag. Really? Yeah. That's that's. I guess it's that's like, a wonderful idea. I guess it looks. I haven't seen it, but they, well, they said it looks goofy. But yeah, I guess like you can like imagine you wake up in the morning, right? And you just get your arms out and start your stove up. Yeah. You don't have to get out of your sleeping bag, or if yeah, if you got to go out and that's go pee, genius. you just pop your legs out, walk out. Because you've done the mummy, the mummy, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, you're, and you've got this much showing, you know, just your, <laughs> and then you're warm <laughs> yeah. until you pop out of there, oh, and my then gosh. putting on the boots. Gosh, that's like, I like my least favorite thing to do is putting on the boots. Well, because you know that that time that you're in there, because oh, they're frozen. Yeah, and now your feet are going to warm them up. My feet yeah. are cold. Like well, yeah. this is a, this is a terrible idea. Right, but you know, there's something about that whole experience. Um, so why do we continue to do that? Oh, I love it. That's why. You know what I mean? <laughs> and people say, wow, that just doesn't sound comfortable. The reward of going out and, and you know, oh, putting so, in the effort. There's so much to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, and just testing We don't have yourself. enough time to talk no, about that. that that's, a whole nother, that's a whole other thing. But So, okay, so you're going to – so you guys go out your Airbnb. Yeah, and so we're going to do Airbnb for – because, you know, a lot of my – like my uncles and my, my – um, but my brother and I are the youngest, so I'm I'm 38. He's 33. We'll be the youngest on the trip. Mm-hmm. Most of them are closer to 60, and okay. so they just don't, you know, they've done it enough in their lifetime, sure. and they say, you know what, we're just going to do the Airbnb thing. But yeah, it's it's pretty close to where well, we're going to be. Well, if you can be successful doing it, why not? Yeah, I mean, yep, I agree. Why kill yourself? But I'm not, you know, I'm not opposed either way. Sure, I go down there, have a good time, um, love to be out where there's no noise. Just sit, glass. Well, so if you so how if you're going to Airbnb, are you guys you guys getting up at like three AM and driving it in and hiking somewhere and do you so stay all I will day? Be, what do you I will be with my elk hunt because where the elk are, it's about Yeah, what's would, a what's a general like a normal day for you on an elk hunt? So get assuming up, you're not successful, just yeah. a morning to night. Um three o'clock usually you get up. You know, get get breakfast in you, get some coffee in you, and yeah. then uh, we will drive out to um, to where we're going. And usually, you know, for us to see in Montana when we hunted, we would have to hunt these gulches. Yeah. And well, in order to get where we knew the elk were, it was about a two-hour walk in the dark to be able to get set up, posted up, and ready to go. Okay. And so you're walking through. I mean, you might be walking right by elk on the way there, but you know, when you have certain areas where you know that they like to congregate, you got to. That's there. your highest chance of success. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a you know, it's just collateral. It's collateral damage, right? It's just kind of like, well, you know, that's not going to happen. You just so you bypass these potential uh, possibilities for you know whether you're hunting. Like I've never had a cow tag over there, so you could be walking right by bulls and you wouldn't even know it. Yeah. Get set up. And then sometimes, man, we'll spot them two, three gulches over. And when you're talking two, it's an hour, hour and a half through each gulch. Right. So you're huffing it and hoping that they're still there or trying to head them off. And, well, and the so, further you go in, further the, you got to come out. The further, yeah. And so the, the, the nice thing is there's a, like where we hunted before, there's a rock pit. So you could drive around, but even then, it's an exhausting adventure. Now, how, know, many days, how many days are you doing that? I can do about three, and then I have to take a break. Okay. Yeah. and, and That's a lot. It is. It, and it, you get to that point where, you know, my legs, like, anymore, I don't know what's going on with this right here, but going downhill, yeah. this, it just, I, it's, it's hard for me to do it, and I have to train it up and, and get it ready. 
but they just get sore. It just has uh, it almost it, it it turns numb. Okay, you know, walking downhill because you know when you're walking down gulches, I mean you're 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 cutting into the hillside with your with your heel yep. and putting that all that pressure. And when you're doing that for you know eight nine hours a day. Up and down, up and down, it's up a lot and down. Of wear and tear. It's a lot of wear and tear, and then of course you know you bump them, and then you got to go get them again. And well, then you're successful, and you got to get them out. And again, why do we do that? You know, the chase. It's it's, <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. <laughs> the fun of the chase, right? But that's usually a if that was a pretty typical uh, a situation. This hunt, it isn't as far. It's you know I would say it's about an hour through where I would like to get to, and it's not. As open country though as Montana, okay. So where it's it's a little more spotty. So I mean, when you're looking across, they'll be feeding through, and and you're going to have to shoot a, a a pretty good distance. I mean, five okay. six hundred yards. Yeah, is is I would say Get the long, longest shot. I wouldn't take anything more anything over that. Just I say my my limit that I'm comfortable is like the five five hundred. But even then, conditions still have to be right. Well, and that's the thing. If, as long as it's not windy or yeah. you know, um, but then again. In every situation, you're, you're, when you're in a moment, anything can happen. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> but then, what is it about it? You pull that trigger, and you know darn well that you got to go across there, and it's going to be, you know, eight hours getting that damn thing out. And you still pull the trigger, and you get over the there. The work starts when you pull the trigger. Yes, that's when it, it starts. Yep. It's like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I would do it again. You do and it. I would yeah. do it again, and I would do it. It's hard. To, it's hard to explain. You know the fruits of our labor but that's uh that's going to be our colorado experience it is going to be in november so obviously if well away from their rut but according to our scouting report there's there's a very highly uh a high chance it will be successful very and we're cool. not talking 350 class bulls you know we're, we're talking yeah. you know around 300 class um which is it's i'm a, okay it's a with big bull yeah yeah i'm i'm you know I am a trophy hunter, but at the same time, I like meat in my freezer, I too. like eating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that. We'll I'll have to follow up with you after that hunt, yeah. and then we can, we'll see how I do. We'll see how you do. Man, and good luck to you. And uh, and good luck the rest of the show, and thanks for being here. I got to tell you, I get a lot out of your podcast, and, and I've used your power distribution boxes, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, man, I appreciate you know, they're it. They're awesome. Yeah. I sent you that little picture. I said, I finally got one. I know. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, cool, man. All right, well, we'll cut this off. And uh, what do you got going? What do you got going on tonight? What do you Pool got going party. on later? Pool party. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the pool I hope party. to see you there. Yeah, that's a great time. A lot of networking there too. Kind of the wind down of the of the whole show. And I know we got stuff going on tomorrow, but that's where everybody gets to. The pool party is kind of yeah. the yeah. It's a good so. hangout. After that, who knows? Well, cool. Well, I'll see you there for sure. Chris, good talking to you, bud. Always good. Take care, man. Thank you.